0: Welcome to the Daily DLP, I'm your host Ash Thompson, and today as we roll into the Combine and our real draft coverage season begins, I just wanted to start doing some recaps of how various teams in the NFL have kind of come to the point that they are at going into the 2024 offseason. And I'm going to start with a gray one today. Today I'm doing the Chicago Bears. Come closer. It's story time. The recent history of the Chicago Bears begins with a game in 2012 between the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. Late September, some of you may remember the game as the final nail in the coffin for the NFL's replacement officials. The officials had basically been locked out, and the league just took a bunch of college guys. Third-tier college guys, by the way, because the top-tier college guys wouldn't come and just put them in there and uh in the first few weeks of that season they botched so many more calls than we are seeing even right now with everyone complaining about the officiating if you were here around in 2012 you saw something much much worse than that but in this particular case the habituals the officials botched a really obvious call on a touchdown to Golden Tate that basically just handed the Seattle Seahawks an unearned last-second victory over the Green Bay Packers. Now, what does a game in September between the Packers and the Seahawks have to do with the 2024 Chicago Bears, you might ask? Well, I'm glad you asked because, as I said, it's story time. You see, the 2012 season was the end of of the sustained era of success that was Lovey Smith's tenure in Chicago. Because at the end of that year, the Seahawks, by virtue of their unearned win over those Packers, had an 11-5 record and a wildcard berth. The Chicago Bears were on the outside looking in at 10-6 with the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. The Monday after the season ended, Lovey Smith was fired. A 10-6 coach who had taken the team to the Super Bowl during his run was fired. Bears all-time passing leader Jay Cutler actually cut short a media appearance as the news broke while he was on air, and he called it on air right before he left it, a really sad day in Hallis Hall. Uh, Hall of Famer Devin Hester said he wasn't sure if he ever wanted to play football again when he heard the news. That was the end of Brian Urlacher's career. I, I don't. I don't think anyone really fully understood how sad it was going to be at that point, but nobody was happy about this firing. Smith was 81 and 63 as the Bears' coach, three and three in the playoffs, with, like I said, a Super Bowl appearance. In the 11 seasons since that firing, who would you guess has more winning seasons, the Chicago Bears or the much-maligned Detroit Lions? Well, despite all of the media coverage that goes Chicago's way every single offseason, the Lions win that by a wide margin, despite having lived through the Matt Patricia era during that period. The Lions have had five winning seasons since 2012. The Bears have had one. Oh, that's not a mistake. I didn't just make an error. The Bears organization since the firing of Lovie Smith has been so broken, they've managed nine or more wins one single time in the last 11 seasons of football. Jay Cutler gave the rest of his career to losing head coaches and spent 2017 in Miami. He retired in 2018 without winning more than six games in a season without Smith. In 2012, why were the Bears so gung-ho to fire Smith? Well, they had a new GM in Phil Emery, and he wanted to bring in his old guy. And that guy was none other than Mark Trestman. Now, not many head coaches make the jump from the CFL to the NFL and Mark Trespin showed us why. The entire roster was shuffled around Cutler, and the new build was terrible, to say the least. In 2015, Emery was fired, and uh, coach John Fox was brought in after a run of playoff appearances as Denver's head coach. Uh, in 2017, the team, as I said, let Cutler go, and. Uh, Fox was handed a new quarterback and a mandate to win immediately. It was Fox's third season as the head coach, and the ownership was tired of losing. But the popular scuttlebutt at the time said that Fox was completely blindsided by the first-round choice that the Bears made. They traded multiple first-round picks to go up and get their head coach a surprise quarterback. And the Bears lost a ton of games that season, with a terrible match of philosophy and personnel. Which is what happens when your GM and head coach aren't on the same page. So in 2018, they fired John Fox and brought in a new set of offensive coaches for second-year quarterback Mitch Trubisky. And they made him learn a whole new offense. The new head coach was Matt Nagy, who was hot off of having made Patrick Mahomes a star. That is a skeptical eyebrow. And for a moment, just a single season, it looked like this might work. That second year of Trubisky's career was a magical single winning season that the Bears have had since 2012. Trubisky himself, though uh, did have three consecutive seasons win of, <laughs> as a winner with uh, when he was playing for the Bears. Just as the team starter, he, he personally went 25 and 13. So in his four years, the team had one winning season. But they went 29 and 21 with Trubisky at the helm, and 4 and 10 in games where other quarterbacks played during that period. That was before Trubisky and after they had decided they were moving on, and a couple injuries in there too. But the brain trust of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy knew that their lack of overall winning was wearing thin with ownership, and in the most transparent case of maybe we can save our jobs. If we can blame the mess we've made this year on our rookie quarterback, the Bears moved on from Trubisky and they drafted Justin Fields. Many pointed to the lack of offensive weaponry in Chicago and the obvious failings of the head coach over the course of Trubisky's seasons. And like, I'm not saying Trubisky was actually a great quarterback. He had issues throwing to a whole half of the field. I'm just saying that when Other quarterbacks were given the same opportunity Trubisky was given. They were terrible and lost games. Mitch Trubisky was just below average as a starting quarterback. One year later, both that head coach and GM were fired. The team took on new head coach Matt Eberflus and gave him a quarterback he hadn't chosen. New GM Ryan Poles also hadn't chosen Fields, and in what was rapidly becoming Chicago Bears tradition, he built over the next couple years neither a functional offensive line, nor a quality receiver group, nor a reasonably decent running back stable. That's in three years of Justin Fields, they have built nothing on offense. Fields has improved his completion percentage and reduced his interception percentage in each season he's been with the Bears. His passer rating has also improved every single year. The Bears have given him one receiver worth mentioning to throw to at any point in his career. Fields has also added 2,200 rushing yards and 14 rushing touchdowns to his passing value to the team. And he had a season where the other St. Brown brother, the one who's like probably a little funnier on their podcast, but is nowhere near as good of an NFL player. That was their wide receiver too in one of his seasons. Like, Fields got Darnell Mooney a thousand yard season. He's not good, folks. He's managed to convince people that Cole Komet is anything other than some random guy who happens to be standing there when there's literally nobody else to throw to. Like Chicago media this year managed to convince that fan base that Tyson Bagent was a better quarterback than Justin Fields, which would be the funniest thing that happened in the NFL this season if it wasn't for the whole New York suddenly getting an Italian quarterback for a few weeks thing. So now it looks like the Bears are hellbent on ruining yet another promising young quarterback's career. Polls all but said the day that I'm recording this, that Fields is getting traded in the next week or so. That was the heavy implication of his press conference, basically. Virtually everyone in the draft community believes that their pick will be USC's Caleb Williams. So let's take a look at how the 2024 season is likely to play out for the Bears. During the PFF era, there have been 8, or if you're being generous, 10, rookie seasons by quarterbacks that were better than Justin Fields' 2023 season. That's 2,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Like I said, there's a couple in there where maybe they got a lot more yards but had a similar or worse touchdown-to-interception ratio or the touchdown-to-interceptions was better, but the yardage wasn't as good. Uh, 8 to 10. Yes, rookie QBs are typically terrible. Uh, Generational QBs particularly are... Worse than average rookie quarterbacks for the most part as rookies. Like, of those eight to ten seasons, only two or three of them were the first quarterback drafted that year. That's Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and again, if you're being generous, Kyler Murray. Only Burrow was the kind of generational slam dunk prospect that people keep talking about Williams as. So, what are the chances of the Bears winning more games next season with a drop in quarterback production? 0%. The, that, that's the answer to that question. I'll just give that one to you. There is no way that if their quarterback plays worse, they're going to win more. They're not a super talented roster that doesn't need quarterback production to win. And Fields has been dragging that team, kicking and screaming to every point that they've scored for three years. So here's what it looks like the 24, 24 year is going to play out for the Bears New QB, six or so wins. Iberflus gets fired. New head coach comes in and Williams has to learn his second offense in two years, which has everyone calling 2025 his real rookie season, a la Trevor Lawrence. I, for one, could not be happier that they're doing the same thing that has failed for them so consistently. The Bears aren't the only team in the league that does this, like rookie QBs with multiple offensive coordinators on the rookie deal. It's an impressive NFL graveyard to look at. I suggest you go Google it. So, Chicago… Please don't trade back, then draft a day one wide receiver one, and pick up an extra first next year, and use your second pick to shore up the offensive line. Please keep sucking, the exact same way you've sucked for the last 11 years forever. If a Bears fan gets spicy with you Lions fans, here are the stats you should be feeding them. Five winning seasons to one in the last 11 years. Three playoff berths to two during that same time frame. Only one of these teams has a playoff win since 2011, and it ain't the Bears. And the Bears have finished last in the division five times during that 11-year period. They lead the division in worst place finishes since they fired Lovie Smith. And if the person you're talking to hadn't graduated from high school the last time the Bears won a playoff game, ask them if that 1985 Super Bowl win really has any actual effect on their fandom. Then tell them to go listen to the Super Bowl Shuffle. See you tomorrow when I'm going to begin my combine preview episodes with a defensive line and linebackers. What drills to watch who to look out for today episode. See you then. Let's bring it in here together. Let's Let's go, baby. Lions on three, one, two, three. Lions! You've had enough of that shit.